Hello, everyone. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, my guest is Jake Wesley Rogers, a musician, singer-songwriter, poet, philosopher, great thinker and speaker and voice of our time. I could go on. This conversation just is one of those really, really good ones. I don't, we talked about the work, you know, we talked about the work, but we also just talked about being human beings. It's just, it's a lovely conversation. I'm excited for you to hear it. So get ready to buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some brand new hijinks. M. Oh. M. Mom. Everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by musician and singer-songwriter Jake Wesley Rogers. Hi, Jake. Hi, Jinx. <laughs> Jake, I have to start off by saying that my husband is one of your biggest fans. Just, I, I, I've been inundated with Jake Wesley Rogers <laughs> in my life. So I'm, of course, a big fan as well. Um, we have so much I want to talk to you about today. But I want to start with, I was looking at my notes and there's this line here that I have to read out loud because not only was it um, uh, something I didn't know, <laughs> but um, apparently you're the same alleged height, weight, and alleged sexual orientation as Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> now, how did you figure this out? And I had no idea you were that tall, but it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually... It's a very beautiful moment that I figured this out. So <laughs> I grew up in the Midwest, mainly Missouri, but we lived in Illinois for a couple of years, which is mm -hmm. the land of Lincoln. And I was like, it was like eight to 10. And it was right when the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Museum opened. And for some reason, I was just completely obsessed with the museum, <laughs> with Abraham. Like I made my mom, I made my mom take me there. Like, like we probably went there like 30 times in two years. And anyway, so I hadn't been there since I was like 11 and I was on tour a couple of years ago and I decided to go back kind of for nostalgia's sake. Mm -hmm. um, and right when you walk in, there's a wax figure of the Lincoln <laughs> family and I walk right up to it and I look at it and I realize I am eye to eye with Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> like, not like, which is kind of rare because I'm six foot four. So mm -hmm. I feel like when I see someone who's either taller than me or the same height, Mm -hmm. I always notice it. And then right looking at this wax link and I Google, how tall is Abraham Lincoln? Six foot four. Okay. What weight? You know? And I was like, oh, like we have kind of the same exact body. And then as I'm sure a lot of us know, there there's there's so, there's quite a bit of tea on 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 uh -huh. Lincoln's There's a little sexual... bit of gossip. <laughs> <laughs> um there's yes. <laughs> so knowing that one of your hobbies is reading mystical literature, I'm gonna take a swing and um assume that you might be a little witchy yourself. Are you superstitious at all? And are you afraid to sit in a theater box at at a at a play? <laughs> I haven't even thought about that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna request you don't just okay. for like just for safety. <laughs> Got it. I mean, this is another conversation, but I, I definitely fear gun violence in general. Oh so my god! I, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I we're eye to eye on that too. I didn't mean to turn this into such a dark territory, but yes, 
Uh, I think we can all agree. Yes. Gun violence. Whether I'm I'm killed in the theater or not, um, that is something I do think about pretty much every time I'm in public. However, I will avoid, I'll avoid the box seat per your request. And I appreciate you looking out for me. No, I, you know, it's so frustrating to live in a country where that is the norm, where whenever I'm in like a mall or whenever I'm walking around in Times Square, Mm -hmm. that thought will just randomly pop into my head. Mm -hmm. And it's just so ridiculous. Uh, I, I talked to Luke Cook, who's from Australia, and, he, you know, we talked a little bit about how Australia had, like, two mass shootings and then banned guns and mm-hmm. haven't had a mass shooting since. So this rhetoric that, like, yeah, they'll still, you know, like, I mean, there's just there's just statistics that if you crack down on gun reform, there's, you know, less gun violence. And I yeah. just don't see why why we're still fucking forced to be subjected to just nonsensical rhetoric mm. that that is not based in fact it's just based in capitalism you know <laughs> yeah it's, it's 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 yes uh echo that completely it's something like <laughs> when i was in you know i was in college in nashville and i think almost every single class i was in i i had the and i i didn't even realize it was a strange thought to have but i i, I think okay if you know a shooter came into this building we're getting really dark, however, but it's just, we have to <laughs> think about That's the nature of a conversation, Jake. Yeah. yeah, I know. And I, and I love it. And I have, I have, I have hope, but it is, as you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's veer, okay. <laughs> let's take another hard left turn and get back to um, a little bit more about you. Now, you are a very musical person. You have been studying music since childhood, starting with instruments as a kid and then like um, uh, vocal training, right? And then at 15 is when you competed on America's Got Talent. Yeah, I auditioned when I was, yeah, when I was 14 in Missouri. Uh It kind of like, you know, and that was, uh, what year was that? That was like, that was 2011. So I kind of grew up like when I was really young, some of my earliest memories were like watching American Idol with my family, yeah. you know? So I, I kind of, from an early age, I was like, Oh, if I'm going to do this, that's the yeah. way. Um, oh, hell yeah. You know, there's, there's like, okay, go on, go on, go on, go on. No, I was just going to say like, <laughs> and so I was 14 and I just, I loved performing so much and I loved uh-huh. singing and America's Got Talent was the only one where you didn't have to be 16. So my parents like were just incredibly supportive um, when it came to my music, and I was like, "Hey, so we went to like, can we, can we, can we drive to St. Louis?" And and we went to like the cattle call, and um, ended up, yeah, ended up like on the 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 live show and everything. And it was, I learned every single lesson I think I needed to learn about music and the entertainment business and <laughs> how, you know, talent is, is sort of used in a way to sell. Like I just, I, what I really learned when I was on that show, because I was 15 and I get eliminated and I go back to Missouri and everybody's staring at me as if I just like literally won the Nobel peace prize <laughs> in my high school. Yeah. And I'm feeling empty inside because, and what I realize I'm feeling now is I realize that, to be an artist, you have to say something. You have to believe in something. And the artists I love, they have to do it for a very, very long. It's a long road. It's a yeah. really. And yeah. so I think when I was 15, that sort of strange shame I felt because of it, I, I fully committed myself to this, to this process. Yeah. And if that makes sense. It makes so much sense. It actually, I mean, it resonates a lot with me having also, I don't know if you know, done reality TV. Yes, of course. Of course I know. <laughs> and yeah, the first time, that first 
thing. Like if you're someone who does reality TV, which I, I, when I almost, when I was interrupting, it was to say that there are so many paths you can take in life. There's so many different ways that you can find yourself doing what you want to do with your life. And it's cool that there are these opportunities for artists to be seen by a really, really large audience all at once, like reality competition shows, you know? And it's definitely a different route because once you've done reality TV, it does kind of shape the way people see you. It does kind of shape the way your relationship to celebrity fame, whatever you want to call it, you know, like it kind of shapes that. Mm -hmm. And if you're someone who wants to be an artist mm -hmm. and not just a TV personality, yeah. you know, if you're someone who has like music inside of you and you don't want to spend your whole life just competing on reality competition shows, yeah. you know, you got to, you got to have, uh, you got to have an idea for how you're going to take that exposure to a large audience and then direct it towards what you want to do with your life. And mm -hmm. that sounds like it's exactly what you did because flash forward, you are quickly rising, you know, like, People are <laughs> hearing you music more and more every day. Um, like I said, uh, my husband brought you into my life. Um, I've seen your music videos. I've listened to your music. And then I saw you on Legendary. And oh, that was yeah. the moment. That was like this moment where I was like, I saw your outfit. I saw your demeanor. I got to know you because I, I had never seen you on America's Got Talent. I feel like I got to know you on Legendary and have just been in love with you ever since because I see I see an artist. I see someone mm -hmm. who cares. I see that thing you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And your music video, there's a music video I want to talk to you about and I'm please forgive me that I don't know the title of the song. But it's a music you're already, video. You're already forgiven. Already forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> it's a music video where you are being um, crucified, I believe. And there's a bunch of historical queer icons come to kind of like uh, welcome you. <laughs> and now I want to say something. Now, did you have any anxiety? Because oh. my first thought was, did you have anxiety of like, are people going to think I'm comparing myself to the greats, you know? <laughs> Tell me about what inspired that music video. I did have, I actually had a big old freak out about that right before. Um, because it was, and it is never my intention to compare myself to the people that paved the way. Um, to Oscar Wilde, to Marsha P, to, 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 to the, and, and in the video, I also have my grandparents kind of next to them and the which also I just can't believe I got to make that music video like I can't like it was one of those things and I know you get this where I was I was living in Nashville then and I you know I got an email like all right time to come up with a music video idea for and I, and I just kind of <laughs> sat there and I and I saw the cross because you know I'm, I'm I'm incredibly interested in religion in general and, and mm. Christian mysticism in particular and I think in a very strange way, I've always viewed the cross as this perfect symbol, apart from the religion, apart from the dogma. If we, if we can all just separate ourselves from all the bullshit mm -hmm. attached to it for one second, just humor mm -hmm. me for one second. This idea that you have to allow yourself, you, ha you have to allow yourself to suffer in order to, not, sorry, not allow yourself to suffer. You have to sort of allow yourself to die in order to be reborn, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I think the reason I wanted these people around me is because when I walk around throughout the day, I think about them and mm -hmm. I feel like they're around me because I, I've found so much wisdom. You know, I have a Maya Angelou Barbie on my desk. Like I, <laughs> I, and I also have a, a next to my ghost face, my ghost face doll from the screen. So it's like, these 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 characters in my life whether they're authors or activists you know i feel them and i always have felt them around 
me. I look to their words. I look to their wisdom and say, like, you paved the way. How, how can I, how can we go forward? You know, I, 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 it's, I, there's a beautiful um, Keith Herring exhibit downtown LA right now. And I hope if you're in LA and also basketball downtown, there's, it's very cool. So I recommend going to both. And um, there's this beautiful quote and it's, he, he says, I am not the end. I am not the beginning. I am a link in the chain. And that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot about that link that I want to be. I don't, I don't really know what it is yet, but I just feel like in the art and, and in the videos, uh, <laughs> I get to create that. And I really, and I'm glad you brought that up because I don't think I've ever actually gotten to really talk about that video. Um, <laughs> Do you know why I brought it up is because that would be my number one anxiety if I had done that motif for a video honestly and it's a beautiful music video what song is it for because we have yet to say the title of the song since i forgot it (laughs) oh it's it's called it's called momentary and shared anxiety i you know i kind of view i i had just signed to um my label when i made that video and I'm so glad i made the video because i was just feeling so bold and i was feeling so like Mm -hmm. yeah like Kind of the Robert Maplethorpe of it all. Like, I just want to, (laughs) like, I just want to, like, fuck it up a little. And now I feel like, I feel a little more like, okay, I'm back. I'm, Uh what, what is this? But I love it. You know, um, because I saw it a a, a while ago. Now, first of all, it's a beautiful music video. And those anxieties that (laughs) we addressed aside, anything that reminds the younger generation. And here you are, you know. What if I did the math right? You're 27, 26, 26. 26. So here you are part of this younger generation and you're going to be a voice to this younger generation. You have been out your entire professional career. And so you're going to be a voice to those young queer people and they need to be reminded of the history. Just period, point blank. There's no argument for not knowing your queer history. Just, yeah. I can't think of a good one. You know, like laziness is the only <laughs> one I can think of that, like, why would people not want to know about our history? You know, like, it's a culture. It's it's part of, you. it's an inherited culture when you are queer. And it's important because we are just not far enough away from the past, obviously, we're seeing so much right now. We're not far enough away from it that we can rest on our laurels and forget about it. Mm-hmm. And so anything that reminds us of our of our queer history is beautiful, and I applaud mm-hmm. that. But it's that fuck you, who gives a fuck, I'm going to go for it attitude. How did you, with knowing that you did have those anxieties, how did you then decide to trust your gut and decide to, and now with what we're seeing, I'm like, thank God. I love that Jake Wesley Rogers has a video of him dying on the cross for, to really ruffle the feathers of anyone who's got a problem with iconography <laughs> and artistry. You know, it's like Lady Gaga has been doing it for years. <laughs> let Jake Rest- let Wesley Rogers do it if he wants to, you know? <laughs> yes. I know. I think about that a lot because I, I just finished writing my first album and, you know, growing up in Missouri, the 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 religious dogma was all around me mm-hmm. and you know some of my my heroes like let's take leonard cohen for example who i just adore and come back to time and time again as like kind of a for me like a perfect archetype of an artist someone who really stayed true to themselves till the end and po- possibly released their best work in the last 10 years of their life and that's always really inspiring to me because we know how hard that is to stay true. And, but, you know, a lot of his early work, he, you know, he, he, he was a Jewish man, but he, he talks about Jesus a lot. He uses the allegories to tell a story. And when the straight man, when the straight man uses it, everyone's like, oh, he's so poetic. Oh, uh-huh. he's, he, you know, he, he, he's using this to, to tell. And, and sudden, and for me, I feel like, when I do it, it's suddenly very political. It's suddenly, yeah. you know, it's, 
it's and and even though Lady Gaga sense? has been doing it for years, she also I mean like the Judas music video. I don't know yes. why this popped up recently for me, but somehow an article about the Judas music video from years ago popped up and to see what people were freaking out about because of the lyrics and that and and it's just it's just kind of like it's like yeah, of course if you're a woman, if you're if you're anyone other than a straight white man, referencing the Bible, people are going to just layer their own bullshit on top of what you're saying. And I have this new, I guess I'll call it a mantra, but like when something's, <laughs> la- when something's labeled as blasphemous, I zoom in. I go, <laughs> I go, oh, that, that means that this thing is so true and, pe- and the people mm. who are labeling a blasphemous are so afraid of it that they think that it could actually mm. free people. <laughs> And 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 people that forget is, that, that is geez. so good, Jake. That is so exactly it. It's <laughs> so, zoom so in. it's zoom in. blasphemous because it's true. That's exactly it. And I mean, like, it's like my brain knew that, but hearing you say it in those succinct words, just so succinctly, because that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I think, can I say one more thing on top of that? Of course. Say all the things. And this is, might be the last thing I say about Jesus. I don't know. But people <laughs> do forget. People forget that Jesus was crucified for being blasphemous. Mm-hmm. Just, just think about that for like one second. And then think about what's being called blasphemous now. I know. And think about. Oh, God. If, and, and that's all I'll say. I don't want to no, get into I, it. I fucking but, love it. <laughs> I fucking love it because it's just this pick and choose. It's this all a carte faith that is, it's the, it's the hypocritical Christian nationalists picking and choosing what they want from a religion that they probably don't even, it's like, they don't mm. care about the religion. They care about the people who care about the religion. They care about manipulating the people who actually care about this religion. And when I see these, these politicians, like, I mean, think about Donald Trump. Just no signs of any faith from this man his entire life. He becomes mm. a politician. He, he starts running. And now all of a sudden we're supposed to believe this mm. man, this filthy man (laughs) is suddenly the spokesperson for Jesus. My God, like go to hell, all of you like Jesus Christ. That is so asinine. It's so ludicrous. It's so hypocritical. And Mm. it's just like, and that's what it is. It's like, if it's that blatant Mm -hmm. and you're ignorant to it, your ignorance is willful. You're choosing not to see what's right in front of you. Mm. And I feel so sad for those people who are being manipulated by these insidious people because it's just like, I want to find out what has conditioned those people to be so willfully ignorant. Mm. And I try try to have compassion for people knowing, no, don't be sorry. I try to have compassion for people knowing that we've all been conditioned by our society. We've all been conditioned, you know, like even the ways I think, like I am where I am at in life because I was born and raised in Portland, Oregon. I got to come out at an early age. I've been support, you know, like I got to start thinking for myself at a really early age. And I think that's why queer people are, anytime you're a person who has broken one rule that society put on you, it's so easy to start breaking all the rules. <laughs> mm, it is. Because you start to see, oh, I was just listening to this, uh, I can't remember his name, but um, maybe if I tell you later, it can be in the show notes, but he's a, 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 a Jewish mystic and a, a gay man. I, I trust him immediately. When I heard gay Jewish mystic, I was like, yes. Um, but, but he was talking about, um, you know, ants in a line. You know, if you, if you watch ants, you know, on the side, you know, when they're like all moving in like one line together, yeah, yeah. which is exactly what, by the way, that's us anyway, <laughs> on the highway or whatever. But there's always a few that are not on the path. Right. Uh-huh. And 
those ones are the ones that once that line, once that line, that wherever food they're going to dries up, the, the ones that are tearing off are the ones that are finding the new line for the food. Mm -hmm. So those ones are the artists. Those ones are the poets. Those ones are the activists. But however, they start leading the new line. And then there's new ones. You know, it's so mm -hmm. it is kind of I don't know what really my point is with that. But no, I, I, I think it it's like. We would we wouldn't have survived without people thinking off in a different path from the line that everyone else was on. Being if blasphemous. We, <laughs> being blasphemous. It, 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 I, I can't top that. Jake, that's your, your, no wonder you're a singer songwriter. You got the, you got the mind of a, a, a poet. You speak in haikus. <laughs> um, I don't know if I speak in haikus yet. <laughs> Jake, um, let's talk a little bit about what is your home life like these days and what has it been like with a, what has it been like in your life with your star rising as quickly as it has? And, you know, okay, okay, okay. So we are raised with this idea as artists that like you get your big break. Now, both you and I, had a moment of like big exposure earlier in our lives but then it's like 10 years later we're experiencing our renaissance if i may speak so boldly as to draw speak. those parallels between you and i and you know it's this weird dance of like i've been in the public eye for a long time now but something just happened something shifted and now the dial has been turned up, you know, for me, it was going on all stars, right. Mm, <laughs> you know, yes. kind of like, you know, just that uh, took a moment uh, of say, waving to my audience and being like, hi, <laughs> like, here's what I've been doing. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, what's it been like for you in the last couple of years after like a decade of already having like experienced living in the public eye or, being that person and now the dial's been turned up. Well what I what I really love about how how my life and career has been thus far is it's felt like mostly a slow burn with these moments mm -hmm. of kind of really, you know, where it feels like the house is on fire. But <laughs> but I and I think I, you know, the young Younger me always wanted it to be zero to 60. And I, I actually know that my personality, I think I would have died. Like, I think I would not. I think I would have. Thank crumbled. you for saying it. <laughs> I think I. But now because of. The thing is, like, there's there's this moment. Two, uh, yeah, it was about two years ago. I lived in Nashville for five years. Um, and then in 2021, I put all my stuff in storage. and. I went to New Orleans first because something told me my whole life um, I need to go to New Orleans. And it was right when I released kind of my, my, I released a lot of music, you know, but I feel like this was kind of my first real, like, here, mm -hmm. here you go. You know, first <laughs> song on a label with like kind of uh, push behind it. And there was, and I released the song and, and then for two weeks it was, it was beautiful, but it was, it was what I, I was just so happy that like, I, you know, I got to release music in this way and I made a music video where I was kissing a boy and I was just really, I was really <laughs> proud. And then, um, all of a sudden, um, Kate Hudson sees it and she shares it. And, you know, at that point, I think I had like less than 10,000 Instagram followers. So like, mm -hmm. you know, like very ground floor. And then Kate Hudson shares it, actually posts it, um, and I, I'll never forget that day because it was like I took a drug that like should be illegal. Like, it, like <laughs> because it was like I would just refresh it and there'd be like three thousand more followers, and I was just like, what, 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 what? like, and I, I was just, just shaking, yeah, um, just fully shaking, and 
and then sort of that just kind of for about you know the next year that just kind of that just kept stuff like that kept happening and I was on one hand just so beyond grateful Mm -hmm. but I also feel like nobody ever really talks about that part of it where we want you know we want our art to 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 be with people and to help Mm -hmm. people and to make the world a little more beautiful but this idea of like all these people perceiving me suddenly is like Mm -hmm. it's very Mm -hmm. strange and I feel like I experienced it on on a on a relatively small scale um Mm -hmm. thus far but I think just experiencing that which really really made me go in which really made me go in and ask myself why do you want to do this like yeah. What is what's your point here? Because if you mm-hmm. just want to have the most Instagram followers, you probably shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've wound up in, and having taken this time to very slowly make my first album, all I really want to do is remind people, because I don't think most people have ever been told this. I I wasn't that everything you need is inside of you. Mm-hmm. Every single thing heaven is inside of you hell is inside of you everything in between when my whole life i've tried to find something on the outside that would save me mm. you know i i in high school i i fell into the evangelical wormhole strange that's a whole nother conversation you know it or i tried to you know in 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 four long-term relationships from the age of you know 13 to 24 you know it's 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 I always thought that my answers would come on the outside and this whole experience, especially with like, you know, looking at your phone and being like, Whoa, yeah. I'm going viral. You know, yeah. um, that's another example of that, which is beautiful. And I'm very grateful for it. And I, and, and all that to say is it seasoned me and it, and I think now I'm in this place where like, I've made a lot of changes on my team. I feel like I have the message. It's clear. It's concise. I'm ready. Let's yeah. do this. I love myself. <laughs> Let's Jake, give as I, much love as we can. <laughs> I am just, I'm so fucking happy for you. I'm so happy to hear everything you just said. I just relate entirely to everything you just said. Um, the first time I did drag race, it was the zero to 60. I went from being a local drag queen known in by some in Portland and Seattle to being, you know, an internationally known drag queen and then winning. And then it went from zero to 60. And in college, I had become I had gone into college wanting to be a famous actor. I left college wanting to be an effective actor. But that zero to 60 skewed everything and got my mind all kinds of mixed up. And I am not, I do not want this to sound like I'm blaming where I went with my alcohol addiction on the pressures of the fans or, you know, being perceived, as you said, being perceived when you do drag race, you want to talk about being perceived by a bunch of people. I can't, I cannot (laughs) imagine. So it was not them. It wasn't the audience. It was my idea of how I was being perceived. It was my beliefs and it was my, like, you know, and of course there were assholes and trolls on the internet, but like, really it was me, like, putting it all on myself because I had kind of gotten skewed from what do I actually want to do as an artist Mm -hmm. and got so on the path of, I kept telling myself, I want to be more popular. I want to be more like um, uh, seen and respected so that I can work more, but I haven't stopped working in 10 years. So what was I, what I was doing was I had given myself an idea of where I thought I should be and wasn't appreciating where I was and alcohol wasn't helping. And then when I got alcohol out of my life, I had to learn again what was actually at the heart of why I do what I do. It was like, how do I do my job when I don't have the crutch of alcohol? 
it's, I have to remind myself what I love about my job. I have to remind mm. myself why I started doing this and why this is the path I chose. And then I fell back in love with my career. I fell back in love with me. And then the rest took care of itself. And now, you know, now it's true. I like the, I like the fact that I have the attention from people because it means that I get to share my art with more people. Yes. And um, I just only ever wanted to be that artist that you're talking about, you know? You, you <laughs> like, are. You well, are. I, I, but I very, I mean, I was off the path for a long time. There's yeah. so, and that whole zero to 60 thing that you were talking about, that, that being perceived, it's like, you know, like uh, overnight success is tricky. Mm-hmm. It is tricky as fuck. So anyone listening to us right now, if you've got that dream that we've all been told about, like you're going to get discovered and you're going to have your one big break and it's just going to be fairy tales and unicorns after that. That's not the truth. <laughs> of course. And we have jinx. We have so much in common. I'm also alcohol free. Mm-hmm. Um, and and similar thing, it just it 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 kept me from the truth. But I I going back to those heroes, you know, going back to I had this moment on tour last year. Um, mm-hmm. um I was I was opening for uh, uh, Panic at the Disco, so it was like arenas, and it was just you know it was just like that's what I really I love perfor- performing for me is number one. It's really number one, mm-hmm. and but I had this moment on tour. Um, we were in, we were playing in Philly and I, um, I, I kind of, I call these pilgrimages. Like I love to, like I visited Oscar Wilde's grave. Oh, I love a pilgrimage. We love a pilgrimage. (laughs) Yeah. I think they're important. They can be whatever you want. We're going to Marie Laveau's grave in, um, Nolens. I've never had the time. I've never had a day off in Nolens. I always get in the day of the show. This is the first time I've ever even had the chance. We're doing it. It's my pilgrimage. I'm so excited. <laughs> can I give New Orleans is my favorite place on earth. Uh-huh. Can I can I send you a couple recommendations too? If absolutely. You're open to it? Okay. Yes, I know absolutely. you probably know it, but there are a few <laughs> other pilgrimages I think you might want to take there. Um, if yeah. you have time. Um but I was on tour and I uh I had never been to Walt Whitman's tomb, uh, which is in um Camden, New Jersey, right across uh the river from Philly. And I go there and, you know, I get up early. I, I take an Uber there because I don't have a car on tour. And um, I'm going over the bridge. And I didn't know this. It's called Walt Whitman Bridge. <laughs> and I think about that for like one second. Actually, I think about it. I've thought about it. Not thought about <laughs> you know, Walt Whitman made this book of poems that no, he never really got his flowers in his life. Mm-hmm. He was this fiercely homosexual <laughs> sexual man like he was writing things that like i don't think we realize how rather like like uh like the 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 rush choice of on video but like in a poem 150 years ago like which is amazing and also go watch the rush choice like i one of the best things i've seen in a long time anyway um so i'm going over the bridge and then that later that day i had to get quarters to do laundry at the hotel Mm-hmm. And I get a quarter, or I get a bunch of quarters, and I put them on the table. And there's really this shiny, shiny one, and it's on the front. And I and I flip it over, and I didn't even know this, but my Angelo is on the back. <laughs> um, and I think about this, I'm like, okay, these are two people I love very dearly. These are people that I look to as models for artists. You know, my Angelo didn't start writing her uh, her memoirs until she, I believe, she was in her 40s, mm-hmm. and and I think about Walt Women who, who, who over his whole life made this one book. And now he's considered obviously like, you know, one of the most important people in, in literature in general, but um, American poetry in particular. And I think we know that you've won as an artist or a person. We do this strange thing. We're like, okay, Walt Women, you get a bridge. Millions <laughs> of people will see your name every day. We didn't love you when you were alive, but we love you now. <laughs> Maya Angelou, we loved you when you are alive. We still love you. But the only way we know how to honor these people is like putting you on money. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's funny, but it's also like, 
it it was a it was a real epiphany for me because I was like, if I focus so much on pleasing people, if I focus on what I think people want me to mm-hmm. make, like mm-hmm. not that I'm doing it to end up on some silly bridge, like, but the point <laughs> is like the stuff that lasts forever, um, is are those you know are those people that I think about so much that yeah. that um. It was this moment. It's like, are do you want you do you want to have a, a number one song and be and be forgotten in seventy years, or um, do you want to tell the truth your entire life and 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 have something in your honor that will? I it's just one. It's just a big question. I don't know the answer, but yeah, no, I think I think you're absolutely right, and you keep saying truth and. It's just so on the money. I mean, I've been saying what audiences crave right now is authenticity. And I think what you're saying is the exact same thing. Truth, authenticity, whatever you want to call it. I think we're especially craving it right now because we're being lied to in so many directions. Like, I mean, at least speaking as an American, I feel like I'm constantly being lied to. I feel like I don't even know how to get an unbiased story anymore to get like the information of what happened. Every time like something new happens, it's like I can't get the information without someone telling me how to feel about it. And half the time they're telling me how to feel about it because they got some hidden agenda, you know? So it's really hard to trust anyone. Mm. So for an artist to strive to tell the truth right now in a, in a culture obsessed with, you know, I don't know, even know what to call this new breed of celebrity where they're famous for the sake of being famous. And we're just... Right watching them because we've decided to not because they're offering mm. us really anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I ju- um, it's like that wears thin after a while. And I think our audiences and I think why queer artists and POC artists and femme artists are having such a renaissance right now while still experiencing constant backlash. But I think I've, I feel like there is a bit of a renaissance in art right now, partially because of the um, backlash, but partially because, um, you know, there's so many of us who are so fed up mm-hmm. with playing along with this false narrative that we've decided we're all going to be blasphemous and tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And audiences are like, yes, thank God, please, yes. please, it's please. <laughs> you, I couldn't have, I actually couldn't say it better myself. It All I can say is it's time. It's yeah. just going back to this feeling of, 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 of not creating in a vacuum and not come, you know, I, I, I think of, I also, you know, I, I think of Elton so much. I think of, Freddie and George Michael and, and, and these people that in order to get to where they were, they had to hide so much of themselves Mm -hmm. in order. And they, you know, I am so every day I think about them too, because they didn't get to tell. They didn't at least, you know, they had to hide part of themselves in order to do what they needed to do, which thank God they did what they needed to do because it helped all of us. And continues to help us. And I, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we we as a world love Elton. And yeah. and, and, and and Elton is this just just you know humongous light for us. Um however, it's like when you think about their work and you think about our work now, it's like they opened this door in order f- mm-hmm. for us to be able to actually just put it out there and just say this is me this is this is my story here it is I had this joke for a while when Caitlyn Jenner was really like on everyone's radar and everyone was you know, we were all kind of conflicted because here she is, like she's changing minds and she's making a huge, huge statement by being as public and as open and candid as she is. But then also she's still got a lot of 
backward ideas and a lot of, and you know, like, and that conflict of like, um, I used to joke about Caitlyn Jenner opened the door for trans women everywhere, walked through that door and then slammed it shut behind <laughs> her. And there's a difference, you know, some people open the door and leave it open. And some people open the door and close it behind them, you know, yeah. and to strive to be an artist that further opens the door is a really noble thing. I mean, not to like get too altruistic or too self-congratulatory for, you know, the two of us, but I feel really happy to live at the same time as mm -hmm. artists like you. And, you know, I've had Mason Alexander mm -hmm. on and there's Love just, Mason. we've got so many wonderful queer artists who are living unapologetically because of, like you said, just like I'm, I'm constantly talking about before there was a TV show about drag queens, there was like, you know, a dozen drag queens who had made it as big as you could make it before there was a TV show about it, you know? And it's, there's people along the way who have opened the doors so that we can, uh, you know, do what we're doing today. And that's what I'm constantly trying to remind the younger generation is yes mm -hmm. yes sometimes the older queer generation they take a little longer to learn new concepts some of them are obstinate but we cannot forget that the mm -hmm. times that they lived in were so different mm -hmm. and and yes that doesn't mean that they're exempt from learning it doesn't mean they're exempt from updating their their thoughts and their practices but let's have some goddamn patience because the door wouldn't even be open without them. You know, yes. we'd be the yes. ones opening the door rather than the ones with the sledgehammer right now, you know? Yeah, I just got chills. I mean, because, <laughs> no, I did. It's just, it's just, it's true. And I look to the people older than me and I tend to somewhat equally look to the to the people that are much younger than me right now as mm -hmm. well because i think there's always so much to learn about the ideas of 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 very young people because it is oh hell it, yeah <laughs> and and what i and what i'm learning from both um which is exactly what you said which is honoring history honoring the people that allowed us to literally sit here and talk about these things publicly. Um, and I also think so much about where is this going? Like, and I get so excited because <laughs> I get on, you know, I get on the internet and I see these little 15 year old queer babies and I'm like, I don't even know really what they're talking about, but like, <laughs> I want to know. And I, 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 I'm in awe of their unadulterated fluidity with yeah. like it's as if like it's as if they took this binary and were like that's not ours and, yeah. and i'm generalizing but like but you also see it in in in, in their activism not just in queer yeah. spaces but in in all of it i think i think every generation might think that they're part of something that is different and i hope they do but there is something right now about like i just see i see young people no I see it in everybody I see people saying no more that doesn't work and what they're saying no more to isn't just the last hundred years they're saying it to who like thousands of years of a patriarchy yeah. thousands yeah. of years of this and that's so exactly young people smell the bullshit so much more <laughs> maybe yeah, because they Maybe because they grew up with the internet and I don't know, there's something about, there's something about the attitude of the, <laughs> the younger generation right now, where it's just kind of like really their, their attitude towards the older people, the ones lying, the politicians and those people that I was talking about earlier, their attitude towards them is really, you think, it, yeah. you think that works? <laughs> yeah. It's so inspiring. And I love it. And it it's just, <laughs> It's bold, and it, it. When I say I have hope, mm -hmm. I don't say that to downplay any of the atrocities. I say that because when I look at that, that makes me hopeful. You know, mm -hmm. like 
that uh, to, to quote scripture one time, the first will be last and the last will be first. <laughs> they, the losers are going to win and they are winning. We are winning. And that's what's happening. Is this, this an example? Of, is this an example of the meek inheriting the earth? <laughs> it is. No, it actually is. And I hate to, I actually don't hate it. I'm just, I'm going for it because <laughs> these ideas, these radical radical ideas what they're really and it's funny that people use it to oppress people but these ideas are for the oppressed these ideas that taking the dogma out of it taking the belief in anything out of it something like the meek will inherit the earth like think about that for for one second like what does that actually mean what i think that means is I think about the trans kid in Texas who is, I, you know, I'm making, I'm just, there are obviously many, but this, this, when I make my music and I perform it, I think about, I do, I really think about that kid. That's actually who I have in mind a lot of the time. Um, You know, it's, I'm just now like putting this all in my head. So excuse me if the wording's clumsy. But if you, when you just said that the radical ideas in Christianity were designed for the oppressed, it reminded me that Christians, you know, Christians today think they're oppressed or they're being restricted or blah, blah, blah. That's bullshit. But Christianity was born in oppression. Yes. Now, here's what I want to say about the meek shall inherit the earth. Maybe they were right because... If we look away the the ways that Christianity dominates the world right now, they were once the oppressed, they inherited the earth. Here's the fucking thing they weren't expecting. No one ever said how many times the meek might inherit the earth. <laughs> over and over. It is a and it circle. looks like we're inheriting the earth. <laughs> and it it go and 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 so obviously I'm sure you get asked all the time, you know, what do you think about what's happening in Florida? What do you think about and all I all I feel is they they're on the defense. They know they're on the defense. Oh, absolutely! It's an animal in a corner. Yeah, and and they're fighting very hard, and they're doing very scary things, and we have to fight back because if we stop right now, like it, it, I don't even want to go to where I think it might go. But yeah. um, but that's that's where my hope is 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 in that small voice in that little ant. <laughs> that walks off from the other ant and says, "Hey, this food's a lot better over here. Come over here." And they're like, "Oh, this is really good. Like, there wasn't any food left where we were all going. Thank you. You know, like." And that's what I think. That's what we learned. Literally, I can't vulnerable. think of a better allegory for right now. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about a lot about like social stuff, but also the planet's dying, and here's a lot of people saying, "Hey, we need to divert our path." Otherwise, we're going to run out of food, you know, that in that allegory. Jake, I'm so sad to bring this conversation to a close. I, I don't. I, I, do you have anything else on the topic we were just discussing? Because I can't think of a better way. I can't be, think of a better way to. Uh, I still have my compulsory questions I have to ask you. So you're not done yet. But this has been such an incredible conversation. I just want to thank you for it. That the ant allegory, all of the little discoveries we made together in this conversation. I had so many light bulbs go off in my brain. Jake, you me, are me just. If you, I love saying this, even though you're doing God's work that I don't even need to preface it. I don't, I I don't need to preface it. I, I, everyone knows I'm a witch. I still say this phrase because what, whoever God is, I believe what you're doing is exactly what we're supposed to be doing. I feel like if there's anything we're supposed to be doing in this existence, it's to get to that conclusion. It's to get to all of us. I don't know. Anyway, I have compulsory questions. I ask every guest. No, we're going on. You're going to have to text me if you want to keep talking about this. I'm going to Instagram message you after this. I'm going to give you my phone number. So look out for that message. If you're in LA, when, when the show comes through in August, is that where you live now, LA? 
I'm here. I'm here. Yes. Okay. If you're there, we're there the seventh and the eighth. I'll get you tickets. My husband will freak out if he gets to I'm meet there. you. Um, I'm there. Okay. Jake, I have questions I ask every guest. You can answer them however you feel. Are you ready for them? I, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. First question, who is your celebrity crush today? Oh, geez. I should have prepared for this. Because um, <laughs> I, I actually knew that you were going to ask this. And <laughs> I, because I listened and I didn't prepare for this. Who is my celebrity crush right now why am i blinking why is this so hard it's hard sometimes uh, mine's easy because you're you're 100 my celebrity crush today um, i kind of i hope this isn't an easy one but like for this conversation and how much i admire you <laughs> and love your work i i hope i'm not this isn't an easy out but i believe you are also jinx you Listen, we can have a mutual crush. Today. Listen, my husband okay, and I, okay. we've been open since day one. There's nothing okay, to worry great. about. Um, <laughs> except he's gonna be he's gonna be extremely jealous. Um, listen, you were my celebrity crush the moment you said I'm 6'4. Now my, <laughs> my next question. You live in LA, you get it. On Grinder, I saw a profile once that said. Um, welcome to LA where no one talks to you unless you're over six foot and have over six abs. Oh <laughs> my God. Like you need an eight pack and you need to be six two. Anyway. Um, so scary. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, next question. I feel like I know the answer to this. You can extrapolate however much or however little as you want. Are you spiritual? <laughs> <laughs> what if I was like, no, after all that, I'm like, <laughs> no, I think, I think I am. Okay. There's am. plenty of people who separate the faith from the, the writing, you know, like we're allowed to read writing and not, you know, like I, I love knowing about the Bible. I, I mean, mm -hmm. it, for better or for worse, it's one of the oldest books we got. <laughs> no, it's, I, I agree. I, I will say, I believe. I almost believe everything. Like at this point, mm. I think <laughs> I just, I just kind of believe it all. And I don't even know how else to say it. So yes, I would say I, I, I kind of live and breathe right now in my life. I live and breathe the spirit. Wonderful. What, whatever that means. <laughs> Final question for you is what is your go-to karaoke song? Yes, I know this one. <laughs> it has always been, is, and will probably continue to be, My Heart Will Go On in the original key. <laughs> That's amazing. That's incredible. I've Celine Dion, I don't know how often I see anyone even attempt Celine at karaoke. <laughs> well, that's, but, my, that's my joke with it is, be, like, I think if you're actually a very good singer, sometimes... Um, when you do a song, when you're like too good at karaoke, I'm like, I kind of roll my eyes because I'm like, I don't think yeah. that's the point. Like, I I have no. concerts. Like, I get to yeah. sing well. People, <laughs> people are paying to see me sing. Like, I'm gonna sing something that like I'll probably not like I'll lose my voice because I'm trying to scream. Oh yeah. If I go to karaoke, I don't because I, I I don't often go to karaoke because I get too frustrated with karaoke politics. But anyway. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. Um, but if I go to karaoke, I want to sing something I would never nor I, I'd never usually get to sing or have never had a reason to put this song into my show. Last time I was at karaoke was with my husband. Um, and I sang Cher's version of The Winner Takes It All by yes. Asher. Yes. And it was the best yes. moment of the evening for me was just getting up there and doing my worst share. I'm a terrible share impersonator, but I have never stopped doing it. I love <laughs> I love doing I, my terrible share impersonation. <laughs> please never stop. Please. I beg you. And I hope I see it. I want to see it. <laughs> You'll see it at the show um, in August. Like I said, I'm, I'm hitting you up right after I end this uh, phone call. Jake Wesley Rogers. Um, where can people find you? What do you want to promote? How, what's give give everyone a crash course on how to experience Jake Wesley Rogers? <laughs> uh, just 
Jake Wesley Rogers on, <laughs> on 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 all of it. Um, and I'm opening for Kesha this fall, so in North America. So um, if you're in North America, and um, I'm very, I'm, thank you. I'm very, very, very excited about that. So that's that's about it. And I don't have any dates yet for music, but it's it's pretty imminent. So yeah, yeah. It, it's forthcoming. It's the inevitable Jake Wesley yeah. <laughs> Rogers. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, thank you so much for being my guest today. Um, and just one more time, you are, you're just, you're doing it. And, um, let's think of a prank we can do on Michael, my husband. Great. <laughs> he's such a big fan. He also listens. So he's probably blushing right now because he's going to be listening to this podcast that he's going to come Michael. in and find me and you punch me on the arm. <laughs> I love you, Michael. I'm, we're going to get you. We're going to prank you. <laughs> Have Thank a wonderful you, rest of your day, Jake. <laughs> Thank you so, so, so much. Um, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. And thank you all so much for listening to Hijinks here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to search for Hijinks on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram, at Jinx Monsoon Official on TikTok, and at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. Until next Wednesday, I'll see you for some more hijinks. M. Oh. M. Mom. To listen to hijinks one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hijinks is produced by Moguls of Media a.k.a. Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio.